is the moment UFC fans around the world have been waiting for. It's time! Hello and welcome to episode 27 of the Red Belt Report the monthly MMA podcast where we talk about everything going on in the world of mixed martial arts. I am your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Brooks Phelan. And on this episode of this podcast, we are going to take a look back at UFC 218, as well as all the events, other events that have happened since uh, last time we talked, which happened to be UFC 217 last month. Been Been a lot of MMA action in the meantime. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this world, this so-called world of MMA. <laughs> yes, it, it's picked up a bit since the the downtimes in the late summer. We are uh, we're in a heaven right now, MMA heaven. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and we're also going to preview the events leading up to UFC 219 at the end of the month here. And as always, go over our final points before we end the show. Uh, just yeah, just wanted to before we get into it. I don't know if we've said it on this podcast. We've probably said it. Well, I know we've said it on the Redbox Report that this is coming to an end. This is the second to last episode of the Red Belt Report. But do not worry, all three of you listening. We will return uh, <laughs> at the turn of the new year. We're going to rebrand, merge the two podcasts, Redbox Report and Red Belt Report, into a new podcast called... Failing, Failing to, communicate. to communicate. We are so in sync. Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, failing to communicate. Nice little play on words there, but we're going to basically talk about whatever we want every week. Mainly, the reason I'm doing this is because I didn't want to just talk MMA once a month and have to cram all this information in. You know that happens. There's enough every week. Basically, is what I want to. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about MMA every week, whatever, movies, TV, video games, etc. So that's yeah, happening. It, it's more of like a variety show for us. Um, leaves us more open. We, it, it, we can talk about the latest things in the MMA world. We can talk about the entertainment world, which our other podcast focuses on. Um, I think bigger and better things are to come for us. Yeah, we can just have more fun with it come up with games or little segments and we can talk other sports other than MMA you know it just opens it up we were at least I felt a little restricted with the the current format having two specific topics to podcast about I just uh, figure why not just have one show open it up you know timestamp it so if people aren't interested in one thing they know where to fast forward to or whatnot so yeah I think uh, stick with us I think we'll grow with the new format, and things will definitely get better. Word, word. And uh, before we get into the fights, we just talked about it. Breaking news in the MMA world. Probably by the time you're hearing this, you know about it. But George St. Pierre has officially vacated his recently won middleweight championship and will be 
uh, oh yeah, he's sick with colitis, so he won't be doing anything for a while. But Luke Rockhold versus Robert Whitaker will determine the new middleweight champion February in Perth, Australia. Yeah, I think that's a uh, big breaking news. Um, I think they more uh, force the um, giving the title up to announce the Perth fight as the actual title fight. Yeah, to give a little more meaning to that. And, yeah. Uh, and the writing was on the wall. You, I feel like the second... I never thought that if GSP won, he would defend. But especially after the fight, he he was unsure of himself. And then the more he talked, the more he said it was tough to do middleweight and welterweight is his real weight. And it just... Uh, yeah, this was a long, long month coming. Yeah, and it, I mean... It, it was a great fight with Bisping by all means, but he did not run through Michael Bisping right. at all. Yeah, I mean, like Kelvin Gaston did, which we'll get to. Yeah, but he did his. We talked about it. He did a stand-up game, but when he he did his uh, patent uh, takedown, and when he got to full guard, he got eaten up. And I think he sees the weight difference, and he says he can't hold the weight healthily, so. Um, yeah, it's true. I, I think it was just a, a matter of time. Absolutely. And I, right. I will say I think it's better that it goes this way rather than getting eaten up by Whitaker or Rockhold or, you know. Yeah, I believe that he loses to the cream of the crop, the top five of the division. I just yeah. think it's yeah. tough, the size and and the style matchups there. It just doesn't favor him, especially at his yeah. age and stuff like that. Yeah, Definitely. But yeah, let's get into the most recent card, UFC 218 from Detroit, Michigan, this past Saturday night. Uh, what did you think, before we get into specifics, uh, overall, I will jump ahead of you after I just asked you a question, cut you <laughs> off, and say that I think this might be the best back-to-back UFC pay-per-views of all time. Uh, I mean, I'd have to take some thought to say back-to-back, but... It was definitely uh, incredible. I mean, you couldn't... I don't have anything bad to say about it. Yeah, I mean, I thought that 217 was like one of, if not the best pay-per-view of all time, and this one certainly didn't disappoint at all, Uh, especially the main card and even the prelims. I mean, you had two Fight of the Year contenders uh, on this card, some great knockouts and... Yeah, yeah, I thought it had it all, so I was very yeah. happy with it. Yeah, I agree, and like thinking back on like back to back, I guess you could say that with two hundred two to two hundred five being so far apart, and two hundred five to two hundred seven being apart. So yeah, I th- I've I heard Luke Thomas said one hundred and one hundred one were pretty good. Uh, yeah, he's not wrong, but I don't know. I just I feel like the the talent level and just it's not even just the fights themselves it's like the storylines coming out and everything uh i prefer this recent run but maybe it's recency bias and in two years i will disagree with myself yeah it's a possibility (laughs) always a possibility (laughs) uh the main event was unfortunately not max holloway versus frankie edgar but instead a late uh replacement in jose aldo so we get a rematch of their June fight where Holloway knocked him out in the third, or TKO'd him, excuse me, in the third round. And 
coming in, I I didn't hate this rematch because you know Aldo is all time great. He he can he can never write Aldo off. No, he's he was he won the first three rounds against Holloway, even though I think it was kind of planned that way on Holloway's part. Still, Aldo looked pretty good early on in that fight, and he's only thirty one. I think he's got plenty left in the gas tank. I did not mind this, especially given the circumstances. Yeah, I mean, it was a good fight, definitely. And uh, it was nice to see classic Aldo leg kicks come back into play. But uh, Aldo definitely got beat up more earlier than he did the last fight. Yeah, it was... Uh, I actually thought Aldo looked better in this fight than he did in the last fight. I did too, but he, his face started getting tagged early. Oh, no doubt. see it on his face. Yeah. It, I just think Max Holloway is <laughs> vastly improving every single time out. And I think he's... I After this fight, I put him above Conor McGregor for third on my pound-for-pound pound rankings behind... DJ and John Jones. Yeah, and that's that's uh, I mean, there's a a uh, what you may call it a something to say for that. Meaning, Con- Conor McGregor was his last loss, and Conor has lost since then. Yeah, and they, I mean, both of those guys have come a long way since that fight. They were both sure. hurt during it. Yeah, I, that's. I mean, I want to see I that mean, rematch. There's also something to say with Conor McTour's ACL in that fight. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, they were both hurt. Is, and yeah. I mean, I think I think uh, Holloway was like 20, and McGregor was like 25 at the time or 24. So, yeah. I mean, I I want to see that rematch more than any fight maybe in the entire UFC. That would be 155. Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. Uh, but Holloway, TKO's auto again in the third round. Like you said, he picked up... It seemed like he just picked up right where he left off here. It seemed more like Holloway was able to adjust what he to what he saw from auto last time out than the other way around. Uh, Luke Thomas did a really great job breaking down this fight on his Monday Morning Analyst. So I'd recommend anyone uh, that is interested to check that out. He pointed out some stuff that was like subtle but brilliant on Holloway's part. How he literally came at everything from the opposite side as he did in the last fight, which must have thrown Aldo off tremendously. He explains it way better than I ever could, but yeah. And I think um, I think Aldo has to, if he wants to continue towards the title run, and I don't think he'll ever be past the top echelon, but. He has to rethink his training. He's very uh, predictable at this point and very stiff. And I mean, it's high level. Don't get me wrong, but he is—he's uh, one-dimensional with this game at this point. With how how the game is moving, I think that MMA is moving past him. You know what I mean? Uh, I disagree. I just think—I mean, look, yeah, he's lost three of his last four fights. One was a 13-second knockout. Which, what can you really take from that? Then he comes back and dominates Frank Yeager, who is like still at the but, top of his but game. But he dominated Frank Yeager at his single game. True. It's sturdy. It's sturdy. Think... Not much movement, leg kick, stand up. I think he needs to start working his jiu-jitsu more into his game. He needs, I mean, he had great head movement in this fight, but he needs to add some more element, maybe some more surprise to his game, because it's just like... With the highest level guys, they know what's coming from him. 
Yeah, I mean, you have a decent point there. I just think Holloway is a bad matchup for him. Holloway is a is a is a badass and is one of the best in the sport. Which, yeah, I think Holloway has passed up Aldo. I don't know about the entire sport or the division. I think he I'm still not, beats yeah, anyone be, else yeah. in the division. But this is two in a row losses to Holloway, so I think he should move up to lightweight finally. Because look, this weight cut would it look pretty bad. And he always does. I, I think, look at how we've seen recently all these people that, that moved up to a, to a weight class where they didn't have to drain themselves too bad. And pretty much everybody who's done that has benefited from it, in my opinion. I think the sport is more moving in that direction as we move on here. And I think Alder might be able to regain some life at lightweight. Maybe he won't be as diminished from weight cuts and he can implement his game better at that weight. No, I think that sounds good too, especially with like a person like uh, Eddie Alvarez. He would that would be a great matchup for him, I mm-hmm. think. And yeah, like you absolutely. said, the weight the weight cut's not as taxing because it was it's super taxing at one forty five. I mean, he was leaning on the scale, yeah. literally. Yeah, and uh, I'd love to see him move up and fight Anthony Pettis. Uh, that fight that was supposed to happen so many years ago, both coming off losses. I still think they could. Uh, you know, two former champions that have kind of lost a step or two and, you know, see who makes it out of that. Yeah, I thought it was great to see the classic auto super heavy kicks. So I thought uh, Joe Rickon was dead on point with wanting to see more of that in this fight. Yeah, I mean, he was landing them, but he was getting countered hard every single time he threw it. Max just hit him he with was, a straight right He was. It was right like a counter time. to knowing you're getting countered. Right, yeah. There's, He's like, I'm going to eat this. The takedown. Yeah. With a fighter like Max Holloway, it's similar to Conor McGregor where they're so loose with their uh, hands and right. their stand-up where you have to – you got to get it in when you can. And there's no threat of the takedown there. you got to find a way to get in with those hard leg kicks and get back out. And I think that's yeah. – I mean, who am I to say it? I think that's – you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And you, think, you know what? Holloway, between – his interviews on the MMA hour and his post-fight interviews and his fighting style, he's like quickly become one of my favorite fighters to watch. I love the yeah, guy. Right. He seems like a class act, but he's not, he's entertaining. He's not scared to talk talk shit in the cage, but you can tell he's having fun with it. He's not mean-spirited about it. Like He's uh, pointing and doing all this stuff, but it seems good-natured somehow. Absolutely, and that's what I was saying about like the embedded. So, like he was by far my favorite part of the embedded for this card. Yeah, he, uh, he literally made it. Yeah, I mean, he's a good dude, and it's hard to believe he literally just turned twenty-five. Was it twenty-five years old? I think it's twenty-five. Uh, yeah. This week, and the kid is just something special. I can't <laughs> wait to see what's next, and I hope we get finally get that Frank Yeager fight coming up. Yeah, that, I think we should. Hopefully, they do it in Hawaii. That'd be awesome. We start making performance right there if he could if he could do it, and I, it's going to be hard to pick against him at any point. Yeah, he looks real good. Yeah, no doubt about it. Speaking of people looking good, holy we, shit! <laughs> Francis Ngannou knocks out Alistair Overeem in the first round with a vicious left uppercut, kind of. <laughs> uh, just wung a left hand that just. <laughs> Knocked the lights out of Overeem. Overeem, yeah, he has 
obviously not the best chin. He's been knocked out quite a few times, especially in the past three or four years, but never like this. I mean, this was like a cartoon, like uh, the way his head just whiplashed back and he just went out cold. Uh, and the game is the game, but I felt bad every one or two punches. It was like maybe two punches uh, that he landed on the ground, but that was like, holy shit, he yeah. might be dead. Yeah, I know that uh, that is a scary proposition to jump in between those like those guys, especially when he's going for a kill shot. But you got to do it because yeah, that extra punch that Overing took, I can't blame Engano because he's he's just you know he's excited, he's in the moment, he's trying to. You no, know, you can't blame him. But it was like like Joe Rogan said post fight, like uh, Overing's toes were curled. For right. Like five, no. Five minutes. But I was going to say, at the same time, really wish that punch didn't land because that's yeah. dangerous. That's dangerous stuff. Especially with the guy. I mean, that's every ninth or tenth knockout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but yeah, Nganu, it's been announced since this win that he is going to get Stipe Miocic uh, in January, UFC 220 in Boston for the heavyweight, heavyweight title. And that is going to be one of the best heavyweight title fights in the history of the sport. Potentially, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying to you before the podcast. Like, I think it has the potential to be the best title fight heavyweight ever. It's at least right. the one I'm most looking forward to in a long time. Yeah, I think Ngannou has the potential to be goat heavyweight. I mean, he doesn't have. I don't. I don't know if he has ground game, but uh, uh, I've seen him. He's been taken down before. But he's not clueless down there, at least from the little bit that we've seen. Uh, it's just tough because his power is so astronomical that it's never really given a chance to see his, what his flaws are. Like, does he have yeah. a gas tank? Does he have a chin? Can he defend, you know, from a, a good wrestler and ground and pounder? You know, it's, we just don't know. But at the same time, his power is so stupid. That it yeah, might not even matter. It, he's like the Mike Tyson of like, MMA. It's not like Brock Lesnar where he's big and sculpted and powerful, but has gaping holes. Like his boxing is pretty tight for his big and heavyweight style. And I don't know if the ground game is going to be an issue for a while. Maybe if a King Velasquez comes back or something like that, where it's three dimensional, maybe it'll be a problem. But Damn, he looks good. The guy's only been training for four years. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's... Uh, the potential here is, like, Mike Tyson, if Mike Tyson never stopped being Mike Tyson. <laughs> yeah, and like Dana White said, he's... Of course, I mean nothing by this, but he's like an African dude, and he takes full advantage of every opportunity he's given. He's been living yeah. at the UFC Performance Institute. No, it's cool to full see... full advantage of all those... Oh, go ahead. Uh, opportunities given. Yeah, it's, and it's just cool to see. I don't want every champion to look the same, whether it's all Brazilian. You want to mix. You want a, a different look, a different vibe. I think it's cool. He can reach to a different market. And I loved his post-fight uh, interview. <laughs> when he, like, he needs to apologize when he says, fuck slavery. Like, dude, say, do what you got to do. Say your thing. Yeah, yeah. No, but I meant, like, I, th I think it's great that he sees what like it's different from a different worldly perspective where he has all this opportunity to give in and he's taking advantage of like the performance institute. 
that oh, Dana yeah. White said leading up to this fight, I feel like I'm fucking roommates when they got on you. You know what I mean? So he's taking full advantage of everything he's given, and I I really look forward to him uh, doing good. Yeah, me too. He, he's a great story. I'm sure you've seen like where he came from, homeless on the streets of France after migrating from uh, Cameroon. Yeah. And just crazy stuff that he apparently just uh, went to a boxing... I can't remember. I've heard this story like secondhand and now it's thirdhand, but he like was homeless and he showed up at a boxing training center and was like, you know, if you let me box here or something like that, uh, you'll, you won't regret it. Cause I'm going to be world champ one day. Yeah. He, he like never fought before in his life professionally or anything. Just, uh, He's crazy. Definitely one of my favorite fighters. Yeah, oh yeah, fastly. I, I just want to see him fight as much as possible. It sucks that he only fought uh, from in February and then didn't fight again until December. Can't have that happen again. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Uh, Overeem. We'll see him. Uh, Overeem, uh, <laughs> tough to say, tough to say. I'm sure there's still some matchups out there for him. I don't think he'll ever make it back to the title contention again. I don't know how you can. I mean, he just had a title fight not long ago. Has he fought uh, Andre Orlovsky before? I was about to say that, but I think they have. <laughs> yeah, the two glass jaws going at I it. Uh, I yeah. would say uh, cut him to risen. Nah, he ain't getting cut. He'll stick around. He's got a name. He's had pretty good success. He makes big him. money, man. He makes big money. True. But it's also entertaining every time he gets knocked out tremendously. But how many times can you let it happen? Yeah, as much as he wants. Ask Mark. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up was Henry Cejudo defeating Sergio Pettis by unanimous decision. 30-27s across the board. This was Smart not the most entertaining fight, but Cejudo got it done. He used his wrestling advantage. And... Uh, Proved that he's probably right up there with Joseph Benavides as, you know, second best in the division, which is probably just not good enough right now. Um, Dana White said afterwards, TJ DJ is happening. Make no yep. mistake about it. I think whoever won this fight needed it to be a statement victory, and instead it was just a strategic, uh, boring Or Yeah. I actually was impressed by Sergio Pettis. When the fight was on the feet, uh, he was a lot more explosive and quick and creative than I remember him in his last uh, few fights. I think he's steadily improving. He's still very young. Uh, he's got potential. yeah. I, I I just think uh, so. Is uh, TJ fight happening at one twenty five? I think that's the most likely scenario. Yeah, I think they're. Uh... I think Cejudo is at least two fights away of fighting the winner of that. Um, yeah. Maybe one. Maybe, uh... Who could he fight? Uh, maybe Joseph Benavides. I know he's hurt. Maybe a rematch Lineker. since that was so close. Well, Lineker's uh, up at Bantamweight. But, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure. They'll just feed him somebody. Let him keep improving and hopefully it yeah. shakes out eventually. All right. My most anticipated fight of the night. Eddie Alvarez, Justin Gaethje, 
did not disappoint. I mean, these guys came to throw down, and that is exactly what they did. Um, Eddie Alvarez, he survives the leg kicks, the the war. He survives the battle to win the war. Uh, yeah, let's just start from the beginning here. I mean, I thought Gaethje did a great job opening up those leg kicks. Yeah. They were hard and heavy. And they, I mean, Alvarez showed the effect of them early on. And he smashed it, his jaw open with a, something. With that later on. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I just, like you said, Alvarez by the end of the fight had a broken jaw or something. I don't know what you would have tested that to. Yeah, it looked like but, he had a baseball in his jaw. <laughs> yeah. But I just thought, aside from the leg kicks, and I just thought their boxing, while entertaining, it was subpar. Well, it's that pressure style Gaethje's going for. He's pressing you against the cage. He's just hitting you with whatever he can. Uses the no, I mean, I mean both of them. Like, like you said, Alvarez was training. Like, fuck it, go out there and fight. And I get that, but with that style of fighting, you're never going to beat Conor McGregor. You're never going to beat. No, uh, no. You know what I mean? Like, no, Eddie Alvarez. He'll never get the chance to fight Connor again, let alone, I don't think, that's just a terrible style matchup. Even like Tony, I mean, I just, I thought it was a league below the, the top guys. I was impressed by Alvarez's performance. I think a lot of people are saying he is the best lightweight of all time. Hard to argue with when you look at his resume, what? who he's beaten. He's been around for a long time. He's beaten champions from like seven different organizations. He, uh... I, I think his boxing was good here in this fight. He was ripping to the body I would hard. put Frankie Edgar better than him. I probably would too, but the argument, the case is there easily for him. I mean, it's between BJ Penn, Frankie Edgar, and him, I feel like. Yeah. But uh, I thought he was doing good boxing. His body shots, he was timing them I, perfectly. That's, a, that's what I was going to say. Like he, he ripped to the body good, but after he ripped to the body, he's wide open. Yeah, high level guy is going to pick him apart as soon as he goes to do that. I think Gaethje's a high level guy. I, I, was, I don't, I don't, I, I've never thought Gaethje was a high level guy. I've always thought he blocked punches with his chin. He's a brawler and he's got it done. Don't get me wrong, but I never thought he was up there with the high level of the high level. But he didn't block punches with his chin in this fight. Oh he, bullshit, he didn't. No, he covered up, and that's why Eddie went to the body. He's pretty good at that head guard, but it leaves himself open in the middle. Dude, Alvarez was throwing fucking uppercuts left and right, dude. Yeah, I just think, I think H.E. is a bad style matchup for a lot of people in the lightweight division. His pressure is going to get to people. Alvarez is a veteran. He didn't panic. I think, I actually think Gaethje's a tougher fight against Conor McGregor than Alvarez is, stylistically. Get real. I think Gaethje gets... Knocked out in the first or second round against Connor, but I think the first. It's an interesting matchup because no one pressures Connor like that. But he couldn't. He, he can't block a punch to the body. He ain't blocking like a sidekick to the body. There ain't no chance he's gonna get hurt to the leg or the body and drop his hands down and get caught with the big overhand left. Probably. I just this fight was entertaining. Don't get me wrong; it was not disappointing. I thought the end was. What I thought, and it was spectacular with the knee, but I thought um, the way each other showed their skills, 
it showed where they were uh, in terms of the division. They're not, they're not top, in my opinion. I think they're both top ten. Established themselves as top ten fighters. In Definitely the top ten. I'd say top five, but they're not. There's a big draw. There's a big line between. Sure, sure, but they're both also entertaining as hell and will continue to get fights as long as they want to continue fighting. Because man, yeah. especially Gaethje, his style just even if it's him getting lit up, like it just breeds like entertainment. That's all it is. And we forgot to mention sick knee though to freaking end it oh in gosh. the third. That was brutal. Ugh. And Gaethje still tried to get up somehow. Crazy. Guy's tough as nails, yeah. gotta give him that. I mean, that must feel absolutely terrible. Yeah, his first loss <laughs> went down. Well, just pushing your face down into a knee coming full force. Oh, yeah. That, that was almost over esque the way his head went back. Yes. Um, but as far as who's next, Alvarez, let's do the Dustin Poirier rematch now. I think it's cool. Yeah, maybe Kevin Lee. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad either, but I just think... Like, I didn't want that re- immediate rematch, Alvarez and Poirier, because I'm not a big fan of immediate rematches unless it's like a Rose Namunas against Yuani and Jacek type situation where it's like yeah. uh, definitely, like, there's no question about it. I just, I think Poirier was dominating that fight. Eddie turned it around in the second round, one or, and it was DQ or whatever, you know, because of the illegal stuff. Yeah. I thought Poirier was a better fighter. I thought it was fine if they went their separate ways. But it, I think it actually makes sense now since they both came off these big wins and there's been some time apart. I'm okay with it now. Yeah, I'd rather see like the Kevin Lee fight. I think it would uh, make more sense for the division, the division as a whole. Uh, I don't know. Kevin Lee's coming off a loss. and A big if, loss, though. I mean, if Alvarez beats him, that really hurts his stock. I don't. I think it's it's too risky for it's, for Kevin. It's winner go home, man. Winner go home. <laughs> In UFC, you never go home. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Justin Gaethje, freaking anybody. I don't care. I'll well, watch Gaethje it. versus Kevin Lee. Yeah, there you go. Now that would be something. But yeah. really, I'm thinking Gaethje versus Edson Barboza after he loses to Khabib. Ooh. Oh, was that scheduled? That's UFC 219, co-main event. Yeah. And uh, I do think Khabib wins that fight. Spoiler alert for uh, the future yeah. pre- preview. But And I just think Gaethje's pressure against uh, Barbosa's wizardry with his striking would be pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I think Barbosa catch him with a big heel kick or something. Yeah. Yeah, someone's getting knocked out in that fight. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right, next up, the first fight of the pay-per-view portion was Tisha Torres defeating Michelle Waterson by unanimous decision. Big win, big win. Yeah, very big win. I predicted Waterson to win. I thought she was more dynamic, but Torres is improving. She's Absolutely. definitely improving. She's getting, I think she's getting more dynamic, and I didn't even realize that she had been like in school this whole time until just recently, and she's only now, like, training full-time for yeah. uh, for her fights. And uh, that's pretty uh, pretty scary. She says she wants a title shot after this. I don't know about that, but she's not far off. I mean, she's not... Yeah, like you said, she's not far off. 
uh, Waterson had just bought the Nami Unis prior, so. Yeah, and, well, Nami Unis has beat both of them recently, so that kind of puts a damper on it. Maybe if uh, Ioana gets her title back, then a Torres versus Ioana would make some sense. Then it can happen. Ioana's getting her title back. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no way. Uh, quickly, Paul Felder defeated Charles Oliveira. Big win for him. Very impressive performance. Short notice, Jiu-Jitsu Ace comes in, and he goes down in the deep waters with Charles and beats him at his own game, survives when he's in danger, and just rocks him with elbows on the ground. Yeah, that was impressive, definitely. Yeah, I'd like to see him get a big fight coming out of that. Yancey Medeiros versus Alex Oliveira. Fight of the year front runner <laughs> right now. I mean... It was excellent. Incredible stuff. If... I mean, the only reason it's not, like, immediately my fight of the year is because, for me, it's it's also about stakes and talent level at the same time. I mean, but don't get me wrong, both of these guys are talented fighters and, you know, top 15-ish in the welterweight division, but I don't know. Neither of these guys are ever probably going to be in a, in a title fight or anything, but, man, this was awesome. Not very technical, but, I mean, both guys... Just putting on a show offensively, taking turns, getting knocked down and rocked and coming back. And it was so back and forth until Madero's finally Absolutely. put him away. Yeah, I mean, uh, Brazilian Cowboy always comes comes to fight. Yeah, he does. Uh, I think this was a good move, putting Yancey and Max on the same card. I think Hopefully next they up keep has, doing it. Yeah. has to be the next uh, Hawaii card with Max and Yancey on it. Yeah. Maybe one more for BJ Penn. There's actually a few uh, Hawaiian fighters on the roster. I mean, Travis Brown. You got uh, fuck Travis Brown. Okay, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a few more. But uh, Madero's he's always entertaining as well. Uh, he doesn't have any defense, but he's pretty dynamic. He's like a, a Diaz brother. He, I mean, he's trained with them, and he kind of has a similar type style where he's mostly offense, not a lot of defense. He's like a poor man's version of the Diaz brother. Can you have a Hawaiian card without BJ Penn, though? Yes. <laughs> in 2018? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But he'd probably be I on would... there. He'd, they'd probably toss him on there. <laughs> he looks so bad. I got I was... it. Holy shit. It's the two worst fighters on the roster. BJ Penn versus CM Punk. Oh, my God. That is it. <laughs> At whatever weight they want. At whatever weight. <laughs> yeah. Is... There you go. Uh, oh. Call Dana. Yeah, seriously. Hopefully CM Punk is okay after apparently he busted his ass trying to stand on a on a chair in the back uh, to take a picture. He just wiped what? out. Apparently he just wiped out the chair, like broke or like went out from under him and he, he spilled it. Nobody would have hit him over the head with it. <laughs> yeah, that's a wrestling move. <laughs> uh, David Taymor defeated Drakkar close by unanimous decision. Pretty impressive performance. But what I want to talk about here is Herb. Did you see this? No, I did not. Herb Dean. I have a hot take. He's not a good ref. What? He is not a good ref. I, or look, and I'm not saying he's a terrible ref. I still think he's probably better than most of the the refs because it's just pretty bad altogether. But. I don't think he's uh, he's anywhere near the the best. He has way too many things. He had a terrible stoppage earlier in this card. Just thinking back, like 
feels like at least once a month or two, it's like, oh man, Herb Dean really screwed this up. But he's really, he's usually good. He usually is pretty good. This is rare yeah. for him. But then you say it like every single month. It's something else. Like the cowboy fight against uh, Masvidal, the way he let that continue after that first round. There's a million examples for every I mean, for every no Mario Yamasaki. No, yeah, I was actually going to use him as the example of he's not Mario Yamasaki bad, but uh, in this fight, Drakkar Close kept like just standing there, taunting, doing nothing, putting his arms up, like "Come on, do something." And David Taymor is like just standing there, like uh, "Come on, let's just freaking fight!" Like he's just you know in his stance, backing up, and. Herb Dean stops the fight and gives Tamor a warning for timidity. What? Yeah. He's like, and this was like a minute into the fight. He's like, you gotta, you know, you gotta be more active or I'm taking a point. He gave him a warning. So that forces him to... I've never heard of that. I have heard of it, but not in this instance. I mean, I've heard of it, but not, yeah. First of all, if anyone was going to get a warning, it should be the guy who's just standing there taunting and not even trying to, like, fight. And second of all, it's a minute into the fight. Like, just let it develop, see where it goes. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, well, how can that be a thing in that instance when there's people that, like, circle around the cage as their game? Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a dustbin circle or something similar to that. No, it was bizarre. And, yeah, I just... I couldn't believe it. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Felice Herrig defeats Courtney Casey by a split decision. Uh, pretty good fight. Very good win for Felice Herrig. I picked against her. This is like four in a row, I think, for her now. And, uh, yeah, I, she's done much better in her recent career than I ever thought she would. Yeah, I mean, she's been around for a while and uh, had a slump until this win streak. Yeah, I mean, killing prospects left and right. Alexa Grasso, I don't know how much of a prospect Courtney Casey is, but, I mean, she was definitely on the come-up. But yeah. no mas. Not hard on the eyes, though. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on now from that excellent card to uh, a not-so-excellent card the night before, the Ultimate Fighter 26 finale. Did you catch any of this? Uh, I did not. I watched some highlights. Uh, I can go through. I watched most of the card. I missed a few things. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get a chance to go back, but I caught most of this live. Uh, I don't know if you've seen enough to like break anything down or if you just want me to kind of give some highlights. I'll roll through and put in what I got. All right. The newest champion in the UFC, women's flyweight inaugural, Nico Montano, Montano defeats Roxanne Modafferi by unanimous decision to win the belt. Uh, what did you did you see any of this? Uh, I saw some highlights. I thought uh, it was pretty much standard for what I thought would happen. Yeah. This oh, I mean, but this was a late replacement. Actually, Modafferi lost in the semifinals to Sajara Eubanks, who missed weight. For the, her title shot here, and last second... Had to go to the hospital, right? Yeah, she was uh, starting to have kidney failure, so... Uh, I heard on MMA Hour, she is doing much better now, so... Glad she's okay, but... Unfortunate to go through the whole show, get that shot, and then miss out on it. 
But good for Roxanne to step in late notice, get the shot. I mean, she fought admirably. She put up a good fight. She uh, never quit, as she never does. And she was just outclassed. Nico Montano was uh, pretty good. She's not a big name, doesn't have many fights or experience, but definitely a solid fighter with uh, a lot of potential. I don't know if she's going to hold this belt for very long, but... Yeah, I don't know if this is the uh, flyweight division any favors. I don't think either of these people would have done, but uh, I, I thought it was good for Roxanne to get a UFC uh, main event in her career. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was my takeaway anyway. Yeah, and hopefully she sticks around, gets a couple more fights to prove herself in the organization. Uh, I think what they should and probably will do here, actually, Montano's out with a broken foot, uh, so it might not be too quick, but I was thinking kind of like Carlos Esparza, get her back in there as quick as possible against the person you really want to be champ and move the division along that way. Yeah, I mean, it was a long fight. It's got to tax your body, so I don't think it'd be too quick, but uh, first quarter next year probably. Broken foot, maybe second quarter. Yeah, maybe so. But yeah, throw it on Big Fox, give him a title fight. As half-assed as you can. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple other things on here. Sean O'Malley defeats Tarion Ware by unanimous decision. Have you seen this kid? Never heard of him. He's this tall, lanky... Uh, I th- he's either some kind of like uh, Irish, British, or something. Or maybe... He's South Irish. Maybe he's not. I don't know. Maybe he's just gives off that vibe. But he's this tall, skinny kid with like this crazy hair and a funky fighting style, striking style, where he's like, he's in your face, he's slipping, he's like doing these big moves to avoid your punches and stuff. Uh, I mean, he's flashy, he's entertaining to watch, and he was pretty effective. I was actually really impressed because he came out in the first round, did his thing, won the round. In the second round, it seemed like he was starting to get tired. Terry and Ware was starting to figure him out a little bit. Uh, and it looked like the tide was turning. Ware took the second round, and it just seemed like, oh, this kid is going to... He got tired, he gassed out, and now he's going to lose a decision trying to fight this way. But he, i got to give him credit. He came back out in the third round, called a second win, or at least adjusted somehow, and, and definitely won the fight in the third round. And... Yeah, some potential, at least some potential for an entertaining fighter, at the very least. Not like Terry and Ware is cream of the crop in the division, but it was cool. It was yeah. a cool fight to watch. Definitely. I would, uh, I'd like to see these uh, co-main events and main events really be used to uh, showcase fighters. So Yeah, the, in that sense, it's pretty cool. Um, Lauren Murphy defeated Barb Honchak. I was surprised by that. I uh, thought Honchak was going to win this whole season, so that's disappointing. Gerald Mearshart defeated Eric Spicely by a pretty nasty body kick that kind of just melted him, uh, really, really hurt him. Uh, Brett Johns defeated Joe Soto. Really cool submission here. Calf slicer, 30 seconds yeah. into the first round. was uh, kind of confusing watching it live, like, Soto's taking him and him down, and then next thing you know, he's tapping out. It was pretty slick stuff. Uh, yeah, calf slices are confusing. It's only the second or third, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think it's only the second one in the history of the UFC. But uh, I like yeah. Brett Johns as a bantamweight prospect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Kipslash is brutal. I don't. I've uh, been limited in my jiu-jitsu experience, but that's one thing that I've been uh, demonstrated on, and it is brutal. It's basically like putting uh, a block of wood between your uh, in, in your knee gap and pulling your knee until your knee feels like it's going to bust. That doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, it's, it feels <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that was impressive. That is, has to be painful because Joe Soto ain't no slouch on the ground. I yeah. mean, that's tough for him. But, all right, moving on to Shanghai. We're flying over to China for the UFC Fight Night 122. Michael Bisbing turning around after getting knocked down and choked out by GSP to fight Calvin Gaslam on short notice after Anderson Silva pulled out for a t- positive steroid test has to be the worst call in UFC history. Yeah, I gotta say, I was semi-defending it last time out, just basically saying, like, look, if the doctor's clear and what he wants to do, what can you do? Uh, in hindsight, maybe you do a little more, because... I mean, I wow. looked it up, and they gave this being a 30-day medical suspension, which was light for the fight that he went through. Yeah. Given that, and this didn't even, uh, not even close. It, was not, yeah. it wasn't even 30 days. It was like 20-some days. And he's got to be. He was training before. He probably sparred before that. And Yeah, and Bisping has come out since and said he regrets taking it. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a real fighter. you got to give it to Bisping that he would have sure. for that. Yeah. It was a brutal knockout, too. It was a sweet left hook. Gas, yeah, and Gaslam I didn't think Bisping looked bad. I thought Gaslam looked pretty standard in his boxing game up till then, and Bisping did too. I, I didn't think Bisping looked bad or looked out of sorts by any means, but uh, Gaslam threw that nice, sweet little combo there, and he caught him on the button. Yeah, and uh, Gaslam, big win for him, no doubt about it. Um, going to be a little bit of something around it, just because of the situation going on with Bisping and uh, I don't know. It seems like Aslam, all his wins of late have been a little like his winner of Vitor Belfort gets turned into a no contest because he tests positive for marijuana. He, like, some of his wins are against washed up guys. Like, yeah. Uh, but now he's talking he wants the title shot after this, which is kind of ridiculous because he just yeah. lost to Chris Weidman not that long ago. I think middleweight's like wide up now with uh, Whitaker and Rockle actual title fight now. Yeah, I'd like I think, to see like, John uh, Ray get back back in there. He's fighting Derek Gaffin. Brunson. Gaslam, like Romero. Or, that would uh, be cool. Jacare. Jacare's fighting Brunson in February or January. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I could see Gaslam fighting. Uh, yeah, I think. Romero is like the only person that makes sense right now. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be somewhere up there. Yeah, winner gets another title shot. I don't know. Middle or see, you can't rematch Weidman already. I like to kind of, Weidman can't fight Romero again. That was yeah. Bad. I don't know. It's tough. It's tough because there's a clear top six or seven guys, and they just you got to find new matchups between. Like let Gaslin go back to one seventy and fight uh, GSV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he could barely make weight at middleweight now. You think he's gonna be? <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man, 
That's crazy. I, I like Gaslam as a guy. I've heard him in interviews. He seems like a cool dude, but man, the weight issues are kind of weird. He's a young guy. He yeah. should not have this much trouble. Got uh, reminiscence of uh, Hendrix. Yeah, but exactly. Better, a lot better. Yeah, for sure. Um, not much else to speak of on this card other than Zabit Magomed Sharapov, who, man, the hype is real on this kid. Featherweight. This is like the the only guy I can foresee giving Holloway any trouble in the the not near future, but like in a year or two. Pronounce that name again, Maga. Zabit Magomed Sharapov. I commend you on that. Hey, that's what I. That's what I'm commendable for. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Luke Thomas is raving about him, and yeah, he is impressive. Like the Anaconda joke. That's nice. Yeah, I like to see him get a step up in his his next fight. He definitely deserves it. So, all right, let's move on now to Australia. We're flying down from China all the way to Australia on our world tour here. Fabricio Verdum defeats Marcin Tybura in the main event. Unanimous decision. Not very close. Uh, not even that entertaining. I got very I'm, boring. Very boring. I'm not gonna lie. Um, on paper, I thought the Australia card looked a lot better than the China card. China card actually had a lot of entertaining fights. Didn't maybe it didn't have any name value, but the fights themselves were pretty wild. Australia, pretty damn boring fight card. Maybe the worst of the year. Yeah. All to, all, I, it all goes together. And it gives, like, Mark Hunt being pulled from it. Yeah, and, like, there was, even if there was a couple decent fights, like, even the people, there was, like, no story, like, Verdun beats Tybura. So what? What does that mean? It does nothing yeah. for him. You know, it would have been different maybe if Tybura beat Verdun, because that would be huge, like, for him. But, no, Verdun just stays exactly where he was. And it, there's, like, no movement here at all. It's like a card that literally did not need to happen whatsoever. Yeah, and I don't think Verdum did himself any favors with the way the fight went either. Yeah, and especially throwing boomerangs in people. And <laughs> uh, Yeah, uh, let's see. Anything else of note on this card? Will Brooks lost his third consecutive fight. Got oh, submitted shit. by Nick Lentz in a guillotine. Again, the fight IQ is the problem. The skills are there, clearly. I mean, the guy... He's got. He's well-rounded. He's got all the tools. He was winning all these fights. He was winning, and then he gets caught. He just he leaves his neck out and gets choked. Yeah, I think. Uh, uh, I don't even know what to say it. That's one of the big. That's one of the bigger flops. There's yeah. definitely been bigger, but people talk about the UFC. People that go to Bellator and and lose. I mean, just this is the reverse. Look at Will Brooks here. Yeah. Crazy. Have, did we talk about the Poirier Pettis fight on the last podcast? I want to say we did. Yeah. Let me look it up, though, because I don't want to skip it. There was a lot of good stuff on there, but I do think we had talked about that. Uh, filibuster, filibuster, filibuster. Filibuster to bullshit. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. We did. So, yeah. That's good. Um, Let's turn our sights ahead to the future, to uh, <laughs> the New Year's Eve card, UFC 219. This is usually a, a card that they try to make into something. 
big. Like, end of year with a bang. Last year you had Rousey coming back to fight Nunez. Um, that was a, you had Garbrandt versus Cruz on that card last year. You know, that I can't think of any older examples, but it, trust me, it happened. Uh, I mean, um, I guess uh, Rousey fought at the earlier card. Um, or, yeah, I can't remember. And maybe one of the Weidman Silva fights was was uh, New Year's Eve. Yeah, why, yeah, yeah, yeah. The rematch. Weidman Silva and Round was on that card, I think, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, but this year they had trouble booking a main event. They, uh, first you heard Cyborg versus Holly Holm, dead. It's not going to happen, at least not on 219. Uh, contract negotiations have fallen apart uh, at the last second. Uh, oh, here comes Tyron Woodley versus Nate Diaz. Oh, no, Nate, no. Nate refuses to sign. That made no sense anyway, so, I mean, I would have watched it, but... That would have been terrible. Uh, all of a sudden, Cyborg vs. Holm is back on, and that's what we've got. That is the lone title fight on the card. Um, excuse me. Uh, I don't know. What do you got to say? Um, I would have to say Holly Holm has a horseshoe up her ass. <laughs> She's constantly getting these title fights. <laughs> Undeserved title shots. Now, I will say um, I think Holly Holm... Stands the best chance against Chris Cyborg. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the weight cut to 145, even 145 for Chris Cyborg is tough. Very tough. You can't tell me that 140 is so much tougher a weight cut. And I'm sure you've seen the videos where she's crying and pouting, cutting the 140. Um, so I think Holly Holm stands a very, very solid chance here. Yeah, she's got a I pretty would, good stylistic... Uh, Matchup and as far as Cyborg likes to come forward, yeah, I think home is a good counter. Stay away from her attack. Counter attack, yeah, yeah. Keep distance. I I think it's a great fight. I don't think it's a bad main event at all. I think it's a big name here. Cyborg carries a lot of value. I think this could boost both fighters, uh, even though Holly Holm never has really lived up to her potential. No, well, she has, and then she fell quickly off of it. But um, yeah, I mean, Holly Holm knocked out Ron Rousey. But meaning here is, I think Holly Holm stands a very good chance in this fight, taking in the weight uh, weight cut as a factor and taking up the style matchup as a factor. I think matchup works in Holly Holm's factor. Actually, I think she'll be able to. Do like the circle game, stay away, stay far from the attack, and mm-hmm. pick her, pick her spots. Um, however, I think if Holly Holm knocks out or beats uh, Chris Cyborg, Chris Cyborg, they will. There's going to be no room for her to climb up the ladder. Yeah, and they'll close the division because the only reason yeah. the division is around is for Cyborg. To yeah, so it's, it's going to be a one and done if she loses this fight. So, but they might do a rematch. Immediately, they might, but I mean, yeah, taking into account like Chris Cyborg's not young, uh, she's not I that just, old, is she? It's 30 something, yeah. Let me see, let me see. 30 something is that old these days? She's 32. But, I mean, that's not yeah. old. Well, fucking look at her face. I mean, the weight cuts are taking all right, all right. Look at my she, face. What are you gonna do about it? Uh, you look like a golden god. <laughs> 
Well, thank you. <laughs> but no, I really mean that. Like, I think the weight cuts are taking a toll on your side. Yeah, it's true. That's, that can't be good for your body at all. I mean, how many people have shut their bodies down? So yeah, times, they yes. got to open up a women's welterweight division. Uh, I think this is her time to shine, and she better take advantage of it. Uh, official prediction. I home by decision. All right. By I dominant decision. Wow. Dominant. Crazy. I say Cyborg by third-round knockout. I think it's competitive early. Cyborg eventually finds a way to get inside, overwhelms her, knocks her out. But we forgot to rate our uh, excitement level uh, for the card as a whole. We like to do this all. uh, It's a new thing we're doing. Um, Okay. Rate out of 10. Your thoughts Uh, on UFC? Oh, shit. There's a lot of good cards. They've got Nermigato, Barboza, you got Condit, Magni. Yeah, we'll go through them. I'm going to give it uh, 8 out of 10. All right. I'll say 7.5 out of 10. It might be a little too harsh just be coming off of the cards that we have the last couple. It's still yeah. a pretty good card. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Pl- the main card especially, it's got some good fights on there. So I'll be watching, no doubt about it. All right, co-main yeah. event. You mentioned it. Edson Barbosa versus Khabib Nurmagomedov. 24-0. This guy can't stay healthy, but he's going to give it another crack was pulled out of the title shot against Tony Ferguson in March. The fight we all wanted to see. Couldn't make it happen. Sat out for Ramadan. And now he's back. Looked like he might have gotten the interim title shot against Tony Ferguson. But instead, it's Edson Barbosa, who's on quite a streak of his own. Coming off a highlight reel jumping knee knockout over Benil Dariush. Should be an interesting fight. Yeah, I'm holding my breath on this. I uh, This is one of those fights where I'll believe it when they walk out. Uh, well, more so I'll believe it when they hit the scales. I don't... True. I don't... Um, I don't know if Khabib can make the fucking weight. It's always going to be a question now, every time out. At least, unless he can prove it. Most fi- most fighters that have had this problems, it's a pattern, so... Yeah, it's true. I don't hold my breath on this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it'll be a great fight if it happens, but that's my All right, let's say... They both make weight miraculously. Yeah. Well, I mean, Barbosa's never gave I think Khabib will ride down if he makes weight. Yeah, but at the same time, Khabib is, is pretty sloppy on the feet, and Barbosa is pretty excellent. So it, kind of like that Michael Johnson fight where Johnson had some success until <laughs> yeah. it got turned on its head. I, I could see yeah. it being pretty similar where people are – the excitement at the beginning of the first round where it's like, whoa, Barbosa's hitting him. This could be trouble. Yeah. And then he finds a way to get it on the ground and does what he does. I agree. I think Barbosa's stance is a little more open to the takedown because he has a kicking stance. So I think that yeah. lends itself yeah. to the takedown a little bit more. True. Um, official prediction, does he get the finish uh, or wins by decision? He'll be by TKO early in the third. I say Barbosa somehow survives but loses unanimous decision uh jimmy rivera was supposed to fight dominic cruz on this card which would have been excellent but what was that injury broken arm oh fuck yeah it's actually not as bad as a ligament thing no no yeah uh, that's illegal yeah for sure but i mean if you're not gonna fight dominic cruz john lineker is not a terrible replacement 
dude comes to throw down every time out. I think it's actually going to be a really fun fight here. Yeah, I think that's almost a better matchup where like a cruise fight would be more strategic. I think yeah. this will be more uh, uh, brawl. Yeah, you you can't exactly you can't really have that boring of a fight against John Lineker. Yeah, the guy just he's going to be nonstop moving forward, winging haymakers. So I'm a, be in your face. I'm a huge fan of John Lineker. I just think he might be a little outclassed here. Jimmy Rivera is very technical, very, very good. I mean, he's not the most entertaining guy in the world, but he gets the job done. He beat Uriah Faber. Uh, what else? Was that, that couldn't be his last fight. I think he had a big win after that against, yeah, Thomas Almeida, a guy who yeah. was a big prospect, and he dominated that fight. So, unfortunately, I, I got to go with... Sorry, unfortunately, I got to go Rivera by decision. I'm going to go Lineker by slap decision. All right, I would love that. Derail the Jimmy Rivera train, no problems <laughs> here. Uh, next up, we have a women's strawweight fight. Former champion Carla Esparza faces off against rising prospect Cynthia Calvillo, who was on a real good streak earlier in this year when she rattled off three consecutive victories, uh, submission victories against Amanda Cooper, Pearl Gonzalez, and then most recently decision against Joanne Calderwood. Uh, yeah, she's impressive. I'm not that impressed by Carla Esparza. Yeah, she's a solid wrestler, but... Uh, yeah, I've never been a fan of Esparza. I think she's... Very one-dimensional and is very stalled on her feet. So uh, it's hard to root for, in my opinion. Yeah, she's just not entertaining to watch. I think the highlight of Esparza's career is, uh, um, how would I say, uh, moving forward, uh, Namajunas' career by showing her the wrestling game. Yeah, true. I think that's the highlight of her career. Yeah. <laughs> This reminds me of the Torres versus Waterston fight, at least for me as far as where I'm coming from with my pick because I think Esparza is the solid, fundamental, like she's got a good base. She's she's certainly a good fighter, but Calvillo I just feel like is more dynamic and has more ways to finish the fight. If it goes to decision, most likely Esparza wins, but I'm going with uh, Calvillo by second-round submission. Uh, I don't know much about Kelby's uh, takedown defense or ground game, but uh, I think she's probably much more ground fighter. So I'm going to take her by third round. Uh, I'll take her by decision. Right. Yeah, but... Boring. You're boring. Yeah. You can't talk shit about Esparza. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, Carlos Condit coming back, baby. This is what I want to yeah. see versus Neil Magny. It's a this, good matchup. It is, it is. This is a good way to ease him back into things. But it's still, I mean, Neil Magny is a very good fighter. But I just feel like the style matchup is perfect for Condit. It's going to stay standing. Or at least, if Mag Magny could take him down, but he's not going to really do anything. It's one I of don't these, think he can hold him down. Yeah, it's one of these things where Condit shouldn't be worried about, like, there's nothing too dangerous. Magny, good fighter, well-rounded. Solid everywhere can beat you for sure, but he's probably not going to knock you out. He's probably not going to submit you. You know, you got three rounds to work your magic, get back and uh, knock the rust off. I think Condit wins third round knockout. 
gets right back yeah. into the top of the division. I think this is going to be like a classic uh, standing up welterweight division fight. Uh, classic Carlos Condit fight where he's going to be able to show his circle power. He's going to be able to show his stand up power and his versatility. I think this is a matchup that makes Carlos Condit shine. Now, Neil Magny's no slouch, and he'll definitely be there for the fight, but I think Carlos Condit comes out on top, probably third round, TKO, uh, after putting on a hell of a show. Cool, cool. Uh, you want to pick out two of these prelims to uh, to highlight? Uh, I'll pick out one, you pick out two. <laughs> okay. Go for it. I'll go with... Um, I'll go with Miles Jury, Rick Glenn. All right, yeah, that's a great fight. I was gonna, I was gonna pick that one. What, what makes you excited about that? Well, what happened to Miles Jury? Well, I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you the story. He went down to featherweight after his loss to Donald Cerrone. He tried yeah. to go down to featherweight and make a run there in December of 2015. Lost to Charles Oliveira by submission. Then he yeah. took a year and a half off and re- and came back in this April back to lightweight and beat Mike Delator by TKO in the first round. He looked very good doing so. Nice, nice. I mean, I remember him in his lead up to the Cerrone fight. There was a lot of push behind him. It was like the uh, uh, countdown show, I guess it was. and Got a little hyped on him. I think he was close to undefeated or around there on that fight. And he was young, got to become a fighter. And, I was excited. It seemed like a great fight for Cerrone, but Cerrone told him up. But uh, I think it would be a great fight. I don't know really who Rick Glenn is, but <laughs> I would love to see Miles Jury put on a show and get himself back up in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I think Miles Jury is a really good fighter. He's just a douchebag, though. I can't root for yes, the guy. He is a bit. Is a bit. Yeah. Rick Glenn, though, he's he's on a two-win streak. He beat, he kind of derailed the hype train, dominated Gavin Tucker uh, last time out in September, beat Philippe Nover in February, but lost his UFC debut against Evan Dunham, which, I mean, Evan Dunham, very solid fighter. Nothing too bad there. I think he was the World Series of Fighting Champion at one point before losing to uh, Lance Palmer. So, oh, really? Yeah, so he, I think this is a pretty good even fight. Palmer was Walter right? No, I, lightweight, I believe. Oh, it was. Oh, was. Or maybe featherweight. I thought Palmer was welterweight. I, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's Gigi say. was the welterweight cha- or the lightweight champion there for a while. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think it was featherweight. Maybe it was welterweight. I don't know. I didn't follow World Series fighting that closely back then, but yeah, yeah. Rick Glenn, solid fighter. Miles Jury, good fighter. I think it will be a good fight. I'll take Miles Jury by decision. Alright, All right, my two picks for the fights. It, this one might not even happen still because I don't know what's going on, but Kamaru Usman against Emil Meek. Uh, Usman is a really, really good prospect in the welterweight division. He's amongst that crop of Mike Perry, Darren Till, Colby Covington, that young group of huh. welterweights coming up. I didn't even notice Emil Meek because they had his uh, middle, middle name. I'm here. Oh, really? <laughs> but yeah, so no one would fight him. No one would fight Usman. Emil Meek says, let's do it. And Emil Meek... I like Emil Meek a yeah, lot. Yeah, he's, like he's a likable guy. 
he won his UFC debut a year ago um, against Jordan Mean, Mean uh, UFC 206 in that great card. But uh, there was some trouble with his passport, potentially. He got that sorted out. But now Usman is saying, no, I'm moving on to bigger and better things. But yet they both signed the fight contract. So, I mean, what the heck? Uh, I don't know what to make of it. But I think Usman will win this fight. But it will be entertaining along the way. Usman is a yeah. guy I think could be in title contention within a year or two. So, a guy to watch out for. And my second prelim to watch would be Khalil Roundtree, who was supposed to fight Gokan Saki in his second UFC fight. Unfortunately, Saki like, tore his knee up or, or messed himself up, injured himself somehow where he's out. And Mikhail Oleksijuskic, uh sorry, I haven't been practicing that one. <laughs> that was on the fly. Uh, is making his promotional debut. I think he's coming over from KSW. Let me check that real quick. Uh, great. Not even on the MMA Junkie page. Uh, <laughs> That's Should have went, went to Sure Dog. No, this guy is a, a serious prospect. 22 years old, 12-2 and two in the light heavyweight division. Uh, I think he's going to rock Khalil Roundtree's world here. Uh, yeah. But, yes, yeah, light heavyweight needs all the prospects it can get. He could potentially be one, so... There you go. Yeah. Roundtree's got a lot to live up to. Yeah. That guy, solid, uh, entertaining stand-up fighter, but I don't know. I think he he's not that great. Let's move on now to Manitoba, Can- or Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, for UFC on Fox 26. Robbie Lawler versus Rafael Dos Anjos. Before we get into that excellent fight, what do you think of this card overall? Uh, I don't have it pulled up. Is there anything to say anyone? <laughs> yes, there is. The main card, pretty darn good. It was going to be even better until Jose Aldo had to get yanked off his fight against Ricardo Lamas. Uh, yeah, the main card is Robbie Lawler, RDA, Ricardo Lamas against Josh Emmett. Mike Perry against Santiago Ponzinibbio and Misha Serkinov against Glover Teixeira. Oh, that's good fight. Yeah, pretty solid. And undercard, not amazing, but uh, there's some stuff to be, some fun to be had down there. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I'll, I'll give, give it, it uh, give it like a seven and a half. I agree. Four Fox. Uh, yeah, I agree. Seven and a half. It's it's more top heavy than two nineteen, but. On the whole, it's pretty similar, uh, especially like you said, a pay per view versus a Fox card. So, yeah. All right, give it to me straight. Number one contenders fight, supposed to be. Who knows anymore? But uh, Robbie Lawler versus Rafael dos Anjos. RDA comes up two and zero at welterweight and gets a big step up here. Robbie Lawler returns from losing his title, taking a while off, beats Donald Cerrone in a close, entertaining fight. And now he's back again. If he wins this, he could get a rematch against Tyron Woodley. What do you think? Uh, I mean, in all honesty, I, I'm hoping and pulling for Robbie Lawler. And I think he'll win this fight. I don't think he already has a shot against Woodley. 
Not that he can get dominated against his style. I don't think he's big enough. I don't, I've said this a lot about RDA at Wealth Weight. I don't think he's big enough. <laughs> You're the biggest RDA hater I've ever heard of. I am. I probably <laughs> Yeah, you've never said a single positive thing about the guy. You've never picked him to win any fight ever. <laughs> I haven't. I don't like him. But, uh, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> but... <laughs> I think Robbie Lawler hopefully should run through RDA impressively because <laughs> RDA is small. <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing. It's, uh, I, I'm sure no, I have people like that, though. Yeah, I mean, I just... I, I want Lawler to get that rematch with Woodley. I don't think that fight will ever go the way it went the first time again. Um, I think it could, I but... Think, it, yeah, I, probably... I don't think Woodley has the fucking balls to make that fight happen again. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of turned into a different fighter since he won the belt. So, yeah. I'd I'd be interested but, in seeing that. I I'm not as damn on RDA as you. I, I'm not the biggest RDA fan, but I feel like I have to be whenever I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> I do think he's talented. I do not think he's small for what's weight. I thought he was huge for a lightweight, and that's like a really tough cut for him. I think yeah. he's very comfortable at welterweight. Suits him well. He's a little short for it, but he's he's stout and. Uh, he he's got he's a well-rounded fighter, great wrestler. He's kind of like the Rafael Sunsal of this of his weight class. You know yeah. what I mean? Like super well-rounded, not bad at anything, but not really like amazing at anything either. Uh, and Lawler, love the guy. I thought Cerrone beat him in that fight, but it was I did too. it was I, super I close. Yeah. I, I can't. I'm not complaining. I'm just. I don't know. Is he all the way back? Is he the guy that had the title? I don't know. This will be a, a huge test, I think, because... I, I agree. It, it is a big test, and I think it's, uh we'll have a lot more to go off based on how this fight turns out. Yeah. I. It's really tough. I think it's a toss-up. I think I will go with Robbie Lawler by decision, but I think it's going to be an awesome fight. I, I think it's the clear number one contender fight to make. Yeah, and it's different because it's five rounds, so it's like, uh, you know, RDA's leg kicks and stuff like that work out. Or Yeah, and they both have that experience. Of, they've both had plenty of five-round fights in recent years. and Yeah, yeah I, it's, it's very intriguing because Lawler I think it's super smart. He takes rounds off, and then he'll go ballistic. Like, it's very interesting. Yeah, I think it's one of the most interesting contender fights we've had for a while. I agree completely. Um, yeah, so Josh Emmett steps in for Jose Aldo. Not exactly the same. The, at least their first name both starts with J. But uh, against Ricardo Lamas, who's coming off a pretty devastating for me victory over Jason Knight, a guy who I thought was going to beat him and really you know, make his presence known at the featherweight division. Still got time to do so, but uh, very impressive performance by Lamas. Has he lost since he lost to Aldo? I think maybe Holloway beat him, but yeah, he's yeah. been on a pretty good run of late. Nothing to complain about. Yeah, um, it's it's it, that division is a little funny. With you can go on a run, but I still don't give you a, a chance against a champion. Yeah, uh, yeah, Especially, I, I yeah, I don't think I'd want to see him. Uh, fight Holloway again, and unless he you know goes on a, a run, and there's really no denying it, but not anytime soon. 
Uh, Josh Emmett stepping in on short notice, coming off a win over Felipe Arantes. Um, I don't know. I feel like Lama should take care of business here. Just hopefully yeah, it's entertaining. Definitely. I'll say Lamas by third round TKO. I'll say Lamas by the suit. There you go again. Decision <laughs> today in here. Uh, Mike Perry versus Santiago Ponzinibbio will not go to decision. There's no way. These guys are huge heavy hitters, great stand-up fighters, and two prospect, legit prospects in the welterweight division. Mike Perry, clearly the more renowned or infamous fighter, one of the best heels going these days. I hope Mike Perry loses by getting his nuts kicked in. <laughs> it looks like a uh, backup dancer for the Backstreet Boys uh, from the 90s. Such a bitch. It's, uh, it's crazy, the interaction he had with Darren Till, and now he's got to fight Santiago Ponzinibbio. It would be cool if he was fighting Till here. but Put him in his place, put him in his place. Yeah. Ponzinibbio, though, no slouch, coming off the victory over Gunnar Nelson. Um, yeah, heavy hitter, big stand-up fighter. I don't know. You think <laughs> you, – I'm guessing you're picking against Mike Perry here? Absolutely. I'll take Mike Perry. I, I think he'll find a way to knock him out. I'm going to go uh, Ponzinibbio, whatever the fuck his name is, first round annihilation. I say Mike Perry, first round knockout. Should we put money on it? Yeah, I don't know about money. Should we put something on the line? Um, let's put... Uh, uh, what can we do here? <laughs> I don't know. We'll think of something before the end of the show. Next, but... next episode, loser has to um, come up with a, a game All right. or something like that. Alright, yeah. <laughs> Stakes will be determined, but that determined. is... Determined. TBA. We should do this once... Uh, this is workshopping on the fly. We should uh, have one bet per episode. Alright, alright. And, uh, yeah, if it's if it's there. Or we'll try to find one. If we are diametrically opposed, we'll we'll put something on the line. Alright. All right. Yeah, I got Perry, you got Pons in the view. Should be an awesome fight, though. Uh, Misha Serkinov versus Glover Teixeira. Both coming off of losses, right? Uh, who did Teixeira lose to? Ozdemir, right? No. Fuck. I gotta look at No, uh, fucking... Uh, oh, yeah. Gustafson. He got upper, uppercutted to death. I uppercut from hell. <laughs> yeah. And Serkinov coming off his loss to... Help me out here. Serkinov uh, lost to... He's the one that lost. Getting a, he's the one that's getting the title shot. Vulcan Ozdemir. Hey, you lost him, right? All right. I thought so. I knew one of them did. God damn it. Anyway. Uh, entertaining. This is a good fight here. Um, do you go with the fresh, younger guy? Uh, I definitely go with the, uh, uh, yeah, fresh, younger guy. <laughs> he should change his name to that. No, Misha Serkinov. Misha Serkinov. No, he, I thought he looked really promising early on. Yeah, Ozdemir called him. Teixeira, obviously, solid fighter. On the way down, though. On the decline. He's up in the age. Yeah, and he's, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with Serkinov. I don't know. I guess decision. But I also picked 
against Glover Teixeira against a, a rising prospect about a year ago and Jared <laughs> Conanier, and I was wrong. So, no, I'm gonna second off by second round. Yeah. All right, there you have it. Um, just looking at this undercard. I mean, there's some decent fights, but nothing super jumping out at me. Uh, John McDessey against Abel Trujillo. That could be a nice stand-up fight. Jordan Meehan versus Eric Silva. Two guys that never really lived up to their their potential. Jordan Meehan back from the dead. Again and again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I liked that kid like three years ago. I thought he was going to make a run. Same with Silva. But, uh, yeah, fight for the disappointment welterweight there. Yeah. Nothing else really to talk about. Let's move on to this weekend's fight card in... Fresno, California, UFC Fight Night 123, Cub Swanson versus Brian Ortega. It's actually uh, probably the number one contender fight uh, at Featherweight after Frankie Edgar gets his shot. Yeah. Uh, what well, do you think about this card? Uh, I, I mean, it's pretty standard for a fight the card that it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll say there's a couple fights on here that I'm interested in. I, I mean... Probably like four or five. I want to see Marlon Marais versus Aljamain Sterling. I think that's a very interesting fight that could determine a lot in the Bantamweight division. Uh, Alexis Davis, Liz Carmouche could be good. Luke Sanders, Andre Suknamata. Um, but, yeah, I, it's really the main event and Marlon Marais versus Aljamain Sterling that I'm, I'm here for. For a, fight night, for a fight night, I'd give it like a six and a half. Yeah, I agree. Six, six and a half. You also got my boy Jason Knight on here trying to get a bounce back after losing to Lamas. But I've always I've always liked Brian Ortega, T-City. Yeah, always been a big fan myself. Yeah. He's, He's like always, king of the yeah. slow starter and then third round finish. Yeah, has some exciting fights and his jiu-jitsu is fucking top-notch. And I've always thought Cub Swanson is overrated, so... <laughs> I'm going with Brian Ortega here. I, I do think yeah. it, it's going to be entertaining. I think Swanson could definitely win. He might outclass him. This will definitely be the biggest test of Ortega's career, toughest challenge he's faced. But I don't know. I feel like Swanson, against the cream of the crop, he just gets dominated. Like Holloway. Ortega's on the beat, right? Yeah. He has one fight that was overturned due to a failed drug test, but... Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, it was marijuana. I think. That, I think it was steroids. Yeah, it was something. It was not. Yeah, it was something. I don't know. But uh, I wouldn't put Cub Swanson as overrated in my book. Um, he's kind of like a Brad Pickett-ish kind of guy, like where he comes to scrap. But yeah, exactly. Overrated. Not at the top of the. <laughs> I guess he'd say overrated. <laughs> it's not top level, but he come. He's a good fight, solid all around fighter. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. Never he's, he's entertaining, too. He comes to yeah, fight. I, tough guy. I, I think know, this I, is a big show for Brian Ortega. I think um, this is really a showcase for him. Yeah, uh, and for, I think if he wins, I mean, that. I think that's a fresh matchup waiting at uh, Featherweight. I don't think he would jump over Frankie to get the shot, but I think he would definitely I, be next. No, I think he wins. needs another fight after this even. No, there's yeah, no way. I knew no chance. If he, he wins, if he wins, he gets a title shot in his next fight because Holloway has cleaned out the entire featherweight division on his way up to the title. So yeah. he needs fresh matchups 
he already just had a rematch with Aldo. I mean, he dominated Swanson. He but he's dominated Lombard next. Oh yeah, for sure. But I do think he just lost. So that's three, four months off at least. At least who? Frankie Holloway. That's at least four months off. No, it's not. That's going to happen Ash. in March, March or April. Okay, so yeah, three or four months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, so, fine. But yeah, yeah, I think, but then you could do the Ortega Holloway in the summer if everything goes right. I don't think Ortega would mind waiting. And the UFC I will tell him they'll make it worth his while because there's, you can't risk him losing in another fight after this if he gets this big win because you need that fresh matchup against two young guys. Yeah. And I think and he's going to get like Ortega. I don't know if that's pay per view quality, though. It's like co-main on like uh, I think it could be uh, especially if it's in if it's the one in Hawaii, maybe like that would be enough in itself. But yeah, if, I think uh, it Ortega would be a Suskins dude too, so they work out. Yeah, uh, I think Ortega is going to start off a little slow, like he always does. Swanson, they're going to trade. It'll be entertaining, and I think Ortega is really good at lolling people he like he is sick on the ground he is his jujitsu is crazy good he's really good at not even attempting to go for it for the longest time so you think oh he's just gonna stand with me and then boom he like he waits for the they perfect time him, to they go call for him t-city for a reason his, his triangles are off the charts yeah he's got I, mean, a tight I think squeeze. uh fucking uh what's his face uh gracie said his triangles might be better than his well, he pulled a he pulled a flying triangle off. Yeah, yeah. I say Ortega fourth round submission. T City it up. Say, I'm gonna say second round triangle. All right, getting even more specific. He's got other submissions too. Oh, I know. But uh, all right. Uh, co-main event: Jason Knight, Gabriel Benitez. I say Jason Knight takes care of business. Uh, second round sub. I hear. You don't care. Nope. <laughs> um, Marlon Marais, Aljamain Sterling. You got to be with me that this is an awesome fight, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What do you think? How do you see this playing out? Uh, I think it'll probably be a back and forth uh, chess match ish brawl. To an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their their styles are just so different. I have no idea how this is going to play out. I I think Marias is the better fighter. The like the more seasoned. Uh, like if you just put pure skill and talent level, I think he would be. He's coming off a loss, right? No, uh, he lost to a Sun Tao by split decision. Then he very recently just beat John Dodson by split decision oh, yeah, at yeah. Norfolk. And got he gets a quick turnaround here. Uh, there was an injury. I forget who Sterling was supposed to fight, but I'm over Aljamain Sterling, man. I have been very impressed with his last couple performances. He lost back-to-back fights a year or two ago to Sunsail and, and Caraway, two of the best fighters in the division. Brian fucking Caraway. Caraway is super underrated, but um, he came back and he's looked great. He beat Henan Burrell, and he beat he might have beat someone else. I can't remember. <laughs> but uh, he's looked good, in my opinion. And he's tall, he's lanky, he's been using his reach to his advantage a little bit better. He's got sick ground skills. That lankiness and that... He's going to have a six-inch reach advantage on Marias. 
if he can yeah. take advantage of that, it, it could cause some problems. But I gotta have faith in just the the what do you call it? Uh, just like the ability, the I don't know the. Fuck. Anyway, I think Marius is going to win by decision. I think yeah. he's going to outclass him eventually. Yeah, I agree. And I fell off Sterling. Like, uh, who went to Bellator? Who was Sterling was renegotiating his contract around the same time? Yeah, and was, he ended up resigning. No, who else? Who went to Bellator? Who was, uh, fuck. Lorenz Larkin? Yeah. I mean, they were renegotiating around the same time, and. Uh, Sterling was pulling this big dick card like he was the next big thing and then went and lost two in a row. So I fell off him hard there. So, Dude has a 72-inch reach. He probably does have a big dick. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, yeah, he he pulled that and then he kind of got humbled right away. He lost two fights in a row right after that. And I think it probably did him some good in the long run because – He's got a ton of talent, and that just taught him he's got to actually, you know, he's got to earn it. He's got to work for it. Yeah. I like the guy, but uh, I'll still go with Marais by decision. Yeah, me too. And, eh, screw the rest. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> Some good fights on here, but we'll, we'll break them down if they are worth talking about on the next podcast. So, hit <laughs> us with your final point. Um, yeah, I, we rehash this time and time again, but, uh, the contract, TV contract deal, um, oh. it's gotta be the biggest thing facing UFC right now. Yeah, it is the biggest decision about the future of the sport, honestly. Um, Not even this sport, it's, it, it's, uh, with the way the contracts work out with all the major sports, it's the biggest major sport to come to terms for quite a while now. Yeah. And it? it's not even to me, it's not even about where they go, how much they get so much as what, how are like, it's going to be a lot of changes potentially, hopefully, honestly, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you could see I different car structures. You could see like eight fights a card and just have those be, you know, pare down the cards, do, the same amount of cards, but less fights per card, or they could do something with the pace of the fight so you can get more in, and I don't know, there's just a start times, there's a lot of things they can mess around with here. Yeah, absolutely, I think there's a lot of play there, and it's like, you, we've learned that from the first Fox card, which was only a heavyweight title fight, it's like the only equality card that was only shared the main event, which came to last guess in Junior Dos Santos, I mean, yeah. Ben Henderson bought on that card. There's a lot of good fights in that card nobody ever saw. <clears throat> but I mean, this is like a big deal. It's uh it ends at the end of two thousand eighteen. Um and they according to talks on the grapevine, they want to have it negotiated by the end of this month. Yeah. Um and there's a lot of like things to play, like the UFC next year from Fox is uh expected to be at hundred and sixty million dollars. They could have gotten an increase of $200 million, but that would affect uh, contracts or negotiations in some way. Yeah, and not to mention Disney this week just came to an agreement to buy Fox. Did they really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but not. I don't think Fox 
Sports One is a part of that, but they did buy like the regional stuff, like the Fox Sports Miami or Fox Sports Dallas. Like they basically they bought all regional the, the regional sports channels, which they're going to turn into ESPN stuff because Disney owns ESPN. Yeah, yeah. they bought the movie studio, the TV stuff, all the entertainment industry stuff they bought. I think all that Fox has now is the news, Fox News, and, like, Fox Sports 1. Their NFL shit, or... Well, I think that is separate. Like, that's... Yeah, the Fox Network still exists. exists, Uh, Like, the content, like... uh, This is uh, a topic for the Redbox report, but, like, now Marvel has the rights to the X-Men and Fantastic Four, and they can start integrating them in with the Avengers and shit like that. But That's crazy. As far as the UFC is concerned, this could be a game changer because the, uh, Disney is going to obviously be trying to boost ESPN. Like I think I heard something that their goal is to or if both Fox and ESPN now are going to want to boost themselves with uh, sports contracts or whatever. So yeah. They're going to need more content to provide to all these new avenues. And maybe this is a play so that ESPN is going to try to buy buy the rights for the UFC. Or maybe Fox is like, look, now that we are only focused on this, we'll pony up more to to keep the UFC. So I think this is ultimately a, a good thing as far as the UFC's asking price is. Yeah, for sure. And there's... Other things to that, like I think the NFL and the NBA, I think the sooner, soonest thing to come up for negotiation is 2022. Yeah, exactly. So, so this is like, but, I mean, it's the most major sport as you could get that could be available anytime soon. Yeah, and it is. And uh, like they said, like uh, the problem with TV and shit, a lot of people use DVR. And um, I guess the talking hands have seen live sports as DVR proof. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It is. Um, but. To an extent, uh, but... Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you could go dive into that. But, I mean, UFC getting 160 to $200 a year, while not shabby, I mean, they're seeking 400 to $450 million. Yeah, and they probably... They, I don't think they'll probably get that, but they definitely should get an yeah, increase. There's definitely going to be a heavy middle ground there. Yeah. Probably three to 350 I'd say. Yeah. I hope they don't go back... Stay at Fox. I just hate the production value that Fox does. They need, I know, well, basically the UFC produces the, the shows themselves, and Fox just airs it for the most part. Yeah. I want to see someone buy it, oh, the rights and take over all production. Like, Well, I, I agree with you on that standpoint. I don't want to see, uh, well, a complete overhaul wouldn't be maybe bad, but I don't want to see it to where it's, uh, you know, alienates the the fucking diehards you know what I mean no what they're doing now is alienating the diehards an hour between fights on like there's so much padding and ads and ads and ads and commercials and commercials like there's no reason for that look at when a card is on fight pass the pace is boom 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 you know like look an NFL game three hours long people are uh, college basketball two hours college football three hours baseball three hours you want to sit down on a Saturday and watch a UFC card from front to back, seven hours. Yeah. They need to cut that down. Definitely. And I think even, like, 
when the big cards come around and they televise the weigh-ins, they're talking like as it's I guess happening. it might be old school, but I like the fucking atmosphere of the weigh-ins. Joe Reagan introduced them, and you hear him talk about them, but they're like, and this guy went to blah 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 did blah 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 like <laughs> like over top of the audio of the weigh-in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without cutting out, it's like I don't know. It just sounds bad. Like I like Karen Bryant and all of them. Kenny Florian, but it just gets uh, it's not to my taste, I suppose. Well, that's your first problem watching the weigh-ins on the Fox Sports One when you can watch well, it. Normally, online. I don't. Normally, I don't. But if I like catch them again, I'll I'll leave that on rather than flip it to another channel. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm I'm really, I mean, obviously we watch it. It is what it is. But I just want to see some revamping. Be more like us. Rebrand. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, take a, take a page out of our book. <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. I just see mix it up a little bit. I feel like the potential is there, and they're being stuck in their ways is holding it back from reaching another level. Yeah, and it's cool that it, I mean UFC has reached where it's it's the biggest. It's probably going to be the biggest one of the biggest sports contracts television wise ever, and I think it'll only help the sport out. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, it works out. All right, my final point, not necessarily a final point. I want to kind of play, look, it's the end of the year. I want to play a prediction contest here where we're going to go through every weight class. Now that they've crowned the brand-new women's flyweight champion, we've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 12 weight classes. We're going to go through all 12 weight classes. We're going to say, look, here's who's the champion now. Here's who they're fighting next. Who is going to be, basically what we want to know is, who is going to be the champion one year from now, and who's going to be the champion two years from now at each weight class. And we can kind of, like, hypothesize about how it gets there and what we think the shape of the division will look like as we go. All right. Let's kick things off with the heavyweight division currently. The champion is Stipe Miocic, set to defend his championship against Francis Ngannou January in Boston at UFC 220. What do you think? Is he, uh, is he a great champion? Is he going to be able to hold that belt one year from now? If not, who will? Now, while I think Miocic is a great champion, I've been a big fan of him. I like his character. I like him a lot. I don't think he'll be able to beat Ngannou. I just, uh, I think that highly even gotten you. I think he's a great fighter. Not that Stipe is any worse of a fighter than him, but I think Stipe is, I mean, I think Nganu's too big, too overpowering. I think Nganu's going to beat him and probably beat, probably defend the title one more time a year from now. Okay. Yeah, I actually agree with you here. Um, I, I, I like the matchup. I really want to see it, Stipe versus Francis. That's like a dream matchup. It's going to be awesome. My only concern, I think, obviously, Miocic, more experienced, more been through the wars. He's been tested in every way he can. He's savvy. He's He could put Ngannou on the ropes. My problem is, what Stipe Miocic fight have you seen where he doesn't take some damage? Like, he's Absolutely. not the best defensively. And yeah. he's got a great chin, and he's got he's tough as nails. Against anyone else, it's not that big a deal. He takes a full-on shot from Francis Ngannou 
I don't care how good your chin is. It's gonna yeah. it's gonna be uh, fight altering, and I think Ngannou is gonna win that. And like you said, defend it again. I don't know against who. Just pick any of the top con- like Fabricio Verdum. Just say any of the top contenders at heavyweight. Yeah, I agree. And how about two years from now? Is Ngannou still gonna hold that belt? Well, I think heavyweight's a lot harder to predict. Yeah, in terms of two years from now, you know what I mean. Who knows what will happen? I have Cain Velasquez. Finally gets healthy, comes back, and uh, if he's on form, I feel like he that is the the worst matchup for Ngannou because he can duck under his shots, take him down, you know, do work on the ground, and who knows what happens from there. Yeah, I think I've personally written off. Uh, I yeah. think there's a better <laughs> yeah. chance. I think I, I there's Just a better chance if. John Jones getting off and beating and gone you for the heavyweight That's title. That's not a bad thought. Yeah, yeah. That's a actually a really good point. I should have went with that, <laughs> but I'll stick with my guns. All right, let's move on to light heavyweight, which is, believe it or not, Daniel Cormier is the champion, despite losing, <laughs> getting knocked out in his last fight for the belt. Um, he also fights on. In January in Boston, UFC 220. He's fighting Vulcan, Ozdemir, skyrocketing up with his power punching as well. Um, what do you think? Is Cormier. I think Cormier's going to walk right through him, wrestle and dominate him, even on the feet. He's not going to get caught by his power. Even if he does, I think we'll get through it. I have uh, Ozdemir. I mean, I have uh, Cormier. Outclassing him in the sense um, of uh, experience and power grit. I think uh, Hermione beats him and loses to Gustafson in his next fight. Oh, so who is, you say Gustafson is the champion, champion. One in December of this 2018? Yeah. All right, that's not bad. Uh, very similar to you, I say he beats Vulcan Ozdemir. Pretty, pretty uh, handily, but I say he fights Gustafson in a rematch in the summer, and he beats him again, okay. and he continues to hold that belt one year from now. But <laughs> two years from now, John Jones is back, and he beats Cormier for a third time to win. He'll never make that fight again. Cormier won't take it. Well, he just did in my world, and he lost again. I think Dan Henderson comes back. <laughs> <laughs> or all right, how about this? Um, Cormier moves, vacates the light heavyweight belt, moves moves up to heavyweight for the last few years of his career. Lets John Jones come back and uh, fight for the belt himself. Clears the way, and, and Jones comes back and gets it. I got. Uh, I, like I said, I think Gustin has the title and uh, fights. Uh, he fights, uh, fuck. Well, shit, if he beats Cormier, that's one-to-one. They'll probably have a trilogy. No, I think Cormier will retire. Is that enough? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think he'll fight Mika Shurkinov Shirkin- Mika <laughs> and beat him. All right, so Gustafson holds the belt. It'll, it'll be in Europe. Yep. All right. Middleweight division. I did have two <laughs> champions here. <laughs> Middleweight. <laughs> Robert Whitaker right now is the lone holder 
of the middleweight championship. As of tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, and he's slated to fight Luke Rockhold in February. What do you think? One year from now, who is the middleweight champion? I think the biggest douchebag on the planet Earth gets his fucking face knocked off. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, I think Whitaker's boxing. Now, I don't think I think Rockhold will come off coming in this fight with uh, you know more a better standpoint than he has in the past. But it's in Australia. He's got jet lag. He's going to come in fight week and underestimate that. I think Whitaker is going to uh, outclass him on the feet and make a fool of him, really. I think Whitaker holds the belt. He'll probably beat him. Probably won't fight till the end of the year if he fights again. Uh, wait, what? Is this in February? Yeah. Well, he might fight in, like, late 2018. Uh, fuck, against who? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's not that important. After you yeah. pass that first... Guy, it's hard yeah. to predict at that point. Whitaker, I'd say, would hold it. All right, yeah, I agree, actually. Uh, too much agreeing going on, but uh, I think, like you said, Whitaker will outclass Rockhold on the feet. The big key is Rockhold, he's solid on the feet. He's a good fighter on his feet, no doubt about it, but he's just another level. He's like a shark. He's on the ground. He's got you on the ground. You're done. Like, there's nothing yeah. you can do. He's that good. But a shark on land, with feet and arms, he can breathe the air, but he's not thriving. He's not thriving on land. He's He's got to get this fight into the water. And Whitaker's takedown defense is very, very good. I think he'll be able to keep it standing and eventually... If David Branch can piece you up a little bit on the feet, Robert Whitaker is going to absolutely maul you. Yeah. Um, so I say Whitaker beats Rockhold in a great fight. I think it'll be really good. And he does defend it one more time to hold it a year from now. Two years from now, I didn't want to be boring and have Whitaker keep it. So I said Paulo Costa, the young Brazilian oh, phenom, continues his rise and eventually takes him out. Alright, alright. You? Two years from now? I, I'll say David Branch comes back. <laughs> yes, the two years from now. It's too maybe, far in the future. Yeah, maybe two years from now was a little silly, but we're going to keep doing it. Um, Walter White, Tyron Woodley is the champion. I'm sure uh-huh. your favorite fighter, of course. Yeah. If it's not Woodley, it's RDA, right? Uh <laughs> What do you think? Who does Woodley fight next, and who is the champion and what's wait a year from now? Who's up there? Who's uh, all I've heard is Nate Diaz. What's what's really at stake here? Covington is available potentially. Winner of RDA versus Lawler, Condit maybe if he gets a win. I don't Who know. just beats Cerrone? Darren Till. Yeah, I think Darren Till beats fucking uh, blocks off Darren. <laughs> Fair enough. And Covington comes in and beats Darren Till, Covington's champion of the year. Wow. That would be something. Uh, all right. Here's my path to victory or whatever. Or vice versa. All right. I'll Could, mark you down for both. Covington beats Woodley and then Till beats – is that what I said? 
<laughs> you yeah. said the opposite. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I, that one's more possible, in my opinion. Uh, I actually think, like I was telling you before the podcast, my bold prediction is that Tyron Woodley is going to get, like, freaking put on a Fox Sports 1 card to defend his belt against Colby Covington. <laughs> I think Woodley beats the brakes off of Colby Covington. Uh, he can out-wrestle him, and he's got that power. If uh, Covington is getting pieced up by Damian Maya, Tyron Woodley's going to knock your blocks off. Yeah. So he defends his belt there. But we've heard multiple times now on this podcast that GSP is going back to welterweight after he recovers from his colitis. GSP Woodley, August 2018 in Montreal, Canada. Nate Diaz versus GSP. You heard it here first. GSP beats Woodley. GSP is your welterweight champion one year from today. <laughs> I'd shit myself. Two years from today, Darren Till is your champion. All right. What about your two years from now? Uh, I think Nate Diaz. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> lightweight. Currently, you have two champions. Conor McGregor is the official lightweight champion. Tony Ferguson... The interim, uh, let's just say they uh, they consolidate this at some point next year. I don't know, you're going to fuck my prediction all, all up right, here. All right, just give it to me. Okay, uh, okay, well, hear me out. Conor McGregor gets locked up in prison. <laughs> <laughs> I mean this seriously. I know. Conor McGregor <laughs> goes to fucking jail um, with some crazy fucking shit. Some mild uh, stuff. No, not even that. He's going to do something even more bonkers. He's going to get fucking caught doing some crazy shit. Uh, Tony Ferguson is going to fight Eddie Alvarez and fuck him up. About Nate Diaz? Or Habib? No, Nate, Nate, Nate won't take the fight. What about <laughs> Habib? No, no, hear me out here. Okay, he's okay. going to fight Eddie Alvarez and beat him. Then he's going to fight Khabib. Khabib's going to fucking dominate him. Khabib's the champion of the year from now. All right. Uh, that's certainly possible. And I mean that. Every single thing you said. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll say... All right. This is interesting. Connor is going to fight three times in 2018. First fight right. is in March in Nevada against Ferguson. Even though Ferguson just got surgery on his elbow. Hopefully he's healed in time. Uh, Ferguson wins. Ferguson chokes out Conor McGregor. Very similar to the Nate Diaz fight. Conor said, you know, it's a reality check. Oh, man, I got all this money, and now I'm wasting it all the way. I've got to do something about this. That wasn't a bad impression, was it? (laughs) And he comes back three months later in June. Rematch against Ferguson. Connor wins. He wins his belt back. Then, in November, Madison Square Garden, Nate Diaz 3, the trilogy fight. Uh, Connor wins that. So Connor is still your lightweight champion. Roller coaster ride. It's a roller coaster ride here. I'm trying to do everything I can. (laughs) I'm going to get my shit together. Yeah, so that's what's going to happen. And here's my favorite prediction. And I, 
most of these two year from now predictions, I'm just fucking throwing shit at the wall. This one, I really mean. Yeah. Max Holloway is your lightweight champion in two years. Yeah, like he's breaking all those uh, streak and featherweight. Uh, two years from now, the lightweight, I think. Um, I think Jose Aldo is your champion at uh, lightweight. After you just said the sport passed him by. <laughs> uh, no, I meant he needs to fucking change his shit up. He's got to read where it's going. I think Khabib He's can't gotta... fight again. I can't uh, hear me the fuck out here. Khabib <laughs> can't fight after he wins his title and fights Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo is your lightweight champion two years from now. All right. <laughs> I was going to say Aldo just needs to watch his own biopic that we reviewed yeah. here and get some motivation. <laughs> and do things the right way. All right, featherweight. Currently, Max Holloway, the main main, is uh, doing everything he can to keep his belt. I say he beats Frankie Edgar. That fight finally happens. He beats him. Brian Ortega dominates Cub Swanson. Max Holloway, of course, takes care of Brian Ortega. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, Max Holloway, clearly your champion one year from today. It ain't nothing gonna happen. I disagree. I think uh, Frank Yeager beats Max Holloway in a fight of the year fight. They rematch and goes to a draw. Frank Yeager still <laughs> champion at the end of next year. All right. And two years from now, I say, obviously I said Holloway is your lightweight champion. He vacates the featherweight belt. And Zabit Magomed Sharapov is your featherweight champion. He I'm going to say... <laughs> TJ beats DJ. What? <laughs> TJ beats DJ, then goes up to 145. Oh, wow. And it's the first person to ever win three fucking belts ever. All right. That's interesting. All right. Bantamweight, your boy Tej Dedej Dillashaw is uh, the champion. What's going to happen? Uh, well, he's going down to 125 to fight DJ. Yes, we know that. So there's going to be an interim title fight between Cody the bitch himself and um, his coach, Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber beats Cody Garbrandt <laughs> in a what? freak show. Uriah Faber is the interim champion at the end of the year and TJ uh, holds both divisions okay now that is out there <laughs> um, I'll say well, I mean what do you really think is going to happen they're going to have to have an interim fight no they're not what no uh, spoiler alert a little bit for my flyweight predictions but uh, TJ will fight DJ going to be awesome in April it'll be great um, DJ wins TJ tucks his tail between his legs, goes back to Bantamweight, beats Dominic Cruz in the rematch. So he is your champion a year from now still, TJ Dillashaw. But two years from now, Cody Garbrandt marks his way back, beats TJ in the rematch, and dominates Bantamweight. Two years from now, TJ is still the champion. He's going to fucking dominate. (laughs) All right. So flyweight, I said... DJ fights TJ, beats TJ. That's a lot of J's. Uh, <laughs> and DJ 
beats everybody in the world. He's the champion five years from now, let alone one or two. DJ Goat. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> DJ Goat. <laughs> uh, women's featherweight. Chris Cyborg, currently, currently, why am I talking like that? Uh, your champion. Fighting Holly Holm later this month. What say you? All right. Uh, I say Holly Holm beats um, Cyborg for the title. They rematch her with uh, Durandami. She beats her. Holly Holm retires. They close the division. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, first of all, that's ridiculous. They'll never let Jermaine Durandami fight. For <laughs> um, I say Cyborg. Cyborg, 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 cyborg. She's just going to annihilate women until she can't make weight anymore. <laughs> and that's it. Which is not far off. Potentially, yes. Women's Bantamweight, Amanda Nunes, is your champ. Uh, I say Raquel Pennington, after she heals up, will get the title shot. No match for Nunes. And really, I can't. I don't see anyone in the near future beating Amanda Nunes. So I'll, I'll keep her as champ one year from now. But two years from now, after Holly Holm loses to Cyborg, and... No, wait, she gets another title fight. She gets another title fight, and she beats Amanda Nunes. She shocks the world again. <laughs> All right, yep. I say Pennington beats... Uh, There's fucking Nunes. no way. <laughs> she beats Nunes, gets a bad injury. She can't fight again. She's... Ever? Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to be realistic here. Uh, yeah. Two years from now, Ron Rousey comes back and gets <laughs> knocked out by <laughs> Pennington and uh, fucking dies in the ring. <laughs> trying to be realistic here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's the contenders to predict. I know. It's I feel tough. like all the top contenders in the uh, women's featherweight and Bantamweight are so old. Yeah, there'll probably be someone new coming around by then. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, Iwani and Jacek moves up. Yeah, it's not that uh, The newest division, women's flyweight, Nico Montano. Tintano is the current champion. I will right. say Valentina Shevchenko gets the next title shot, and she just wipes the floor with her. This is her division. This is her natural weight class. She's super talented fighter. She is your champion. FYI, wait okay. from now. I'll give uh, Shevchenko the win against whatever the fuck her name is. Paige Van Zant fights her. Paige Van Zant wins. She's her champion in a year from now. Ugh, Paige Van Zant sucks. She's um, not hard to look at. Eh. <laughs> She is, because she's, she'll never fight again. She wrote a book, man. She wrote a book. She's super, she wrote a book, holy shit! She's like a acclaimed author now. She does everything. Nice. Uh, two okay. years from now, Yuani and Jacek moves up to flyweight for reasons I will specify in one moment. Uh, she yeah, moves I up to flyweight, fights Shevchenko in the fight... That's awesome, and she beats her, and she's the champ. Uh, I'm gonna say I agree. She, uh, but she beats the fuck out of Paige Van Sant. Okay, now that would be good. 
yeah. women's strawweight. You rose, Nam Yunus. I almost said Yuana, but it, no, it's Rose. <laughs> um, is your current champion. I think they're getting an immediate rematch in the spring yeah. sometime. And I think Yuana learns from her mistakes, comes back, takes that what is rightfully hers. was a fluke loss, even though it was not a fluke because she got dominated for three minutes straight. Um, gets her belt back, holds it, holds it, holds it, defends it, defends it. Gives, vacates it, moves up to flyweight. Jessica Andrade <laughs> takes think, over two years from now. I think they give Tish Torres the next title fight. Um, I think Nami Yunus beats her. Nami Yunus is her champion. All right. But uh, two years from now, I think uh, I really have no idea. I would say Nami Yunus still. I think she's going to reign. All right. Uh, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. All right. I've lost all words. Me too. <laughs> all right. Uh, next time we will talk about everything that happened at UFC 219, and we will close the books on the Red Belt Report podcast with the 2017. It's been nice knowing you guys. <laughs> yeah. We'll close the books with the 2017 MMA Awards show. On the same podcast as the UFC 219 review. So stay tuned for that. Should be a lot of fun. We'll close it out in style. Thanks for listening. Fucking hey. Happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Everything else. You can email us, the Red Belt Report at Gmail, for one more, a couple more weeks. You can follow us on Twitter at Red Belt Report for a couple more weeks. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Phelan to Tweet. I'm on Twitter at Brooks Phelan. And until next time, we will see you later. Keep your eyes peeled. Bye-bye.